For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 134 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. That's right. And we're going to talk about some Star Wars. Yes, we are. Surprise, surprise. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah, that's right. Will and I yep. are coming to you this yep. week. Belly's full of delicious mm. chicken dinner. Nom nom. Both got our first chicken dinners in Player Unknown's Battlegrounds last week. The game's Five. got its hooks in me. As a Goose Payne would say. Yeah, man. Oh, man, it's got me bad. Yeah, he called me. Goose finally got the game. And Goose is like, I have a couple of friends now who, you know, they're in sort of the dad stage of their lives where they got new kids and stuff. So I'm not going to be the guy that's like constantly pushing a new game on them. Like, oh, you should get this and play it. Because I know they're busy, right? Goose is one of them. So I had never really... I You know, I mentioned it to Goose, but I didn't, like, stay on him about getting it or anything. And then one day I noticed when I got online that he had downloaded it. And we played a little bit. And he called me the next day. And he was like, man, you should have told me more about that game. You should have let me know a little earlier. I like that one quite a bit. That's a good game, man. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah, Goose. Fuck yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, instead it's of... It's tight to tell. <laughs> instead of... Um, uh, turning this into the Player Unknown's Battlegrounds podcast for the podcast. third week in a row. We'll just go ahead and give you the business and move on to some Star Wars news, my dudes. No, I've been jonesing for some business. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We've got shirts and all kinds of other things for sale on our TeePublic store. That's tpublic.com slash user slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And we are part of the best damn-ass podcast network in the galaxy, the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, where we have the esteemed honor to be among such amazing shows as now this is podcasting, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, Rogue One, The Sith List, Podcast 2187, Cantina Cast, 
Idiot's Array, Tarkin Stop Shelf, First Order Transmissions, and the Cargo Hold. <clears throat> a couple of tiny mess-ups in that business, but what are you going to do? Mm, the business was good and efficient. It was pretty doesn't, efficient. Doesn't get any better. Um, so, you know, we're, we're in that, uh, that well-worn territory of waiting out a Star Wars trailer and not a whole lot of shit going on while we're waiting on a Star Wars trailer. Oh, I remembered one news item. Oh, what's that? Why don't you first news item of the night, Buddy? Will go um, for it. Because of the way the Last Jedi was received in China, they have changed the title of Solo being released in China to Ranger Solo. That was my. That's that's one of the news items I had to. For I'm tonight. sorry, I no. snaked you, dude. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's totally. You asked fine. me earlier if I had read any, you know, anything in the news, and I said no. But then I remembered that I, I had remembered that. Yeah, the uh, so I guess it's really how it sort of translates, right? But the uh, the title they're they're dropping the a Star Wars story, um, and it's not just how the Last Jedi has been received in China; it's how all the Star Wars new movies have been received in China, The Force right. Awakens and Rogue One included. Um, but yeah, they've dropped the a Star Wars story from it, and it's. Actually, solo titles to be Ranger Solo. Is it Solo Ranger or Ranger Solo? Ranger Solo. Ranger Solo. I think it's the best translation. <clears throat> yeah, pretty interesting. Go, go, Ranger Solo. Yeah, interesting. We'll see if this one fucking lands with the people in China a little better than the new movies have so far. Probably not. Like, you know, it just doesn't carry the same cultural weight that it does in other parts of the world. Um, so speaking of Solo and the Solo trailer, it's looking more and more likely like we might get a Super Bowl Sunday Solo trailer of some sort. Super Super Bowl Sunday? That's what it's looking like it may be. It may be that we get our first glimpse of Solo a Star Wars story during that damn ass Super Bowl. That's going to be awesome. <clears throat> now, what I've seen floating around on the Twitter sphere and, and speculation and people in the know and all kinds of things like that, it may not even necessarily be the full trailer. I'm not familiar with this, but apparently Disney, and it, I, th I think it might have been last year or the year before, did like a 30-second teaser for a Pirates of the Caribbean movie during the Super Bowl. Yeah. And you could, in uh, the whole trailer was up online after that aired. So when you look at how much a fucking ad, a 30-second ad for the Super Bowl is something like $5 million or something. You know, are they going to take out $15 million if the trailer is, you know, a minute and 30 seconds? Are they going to take out, um, you know, $10 million if it's a minute long? So I, I could see why people think they might de do some sort of like 30-minute teaser on the Super Bowl. And then the final, you know, the actual teaser is att attached to whatever the fuck movie the next weekend and available on YouTube. So... Um, it'll be exciting. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting our first real glimpse at it. Oh, another weird thing that popped up online that sort of 
points to a possible um, Super Bowl trailer for The Last Jedi is apparently there's a Super Bowl memorabilia shop that just sells like officially licensed Super Bowl memorabilia, right? And I don't know if this is like a pop-up shop. I didn't do much research into it as if to see if like... um, you know, this was even, maybe it's just a shop that's set up in the city that's hosting the Super Bowl this year. I don't even know where the fuck that is, to be honest. Right. Um, but f- for sale is a special commemorative Super Bowl 52 or whatever the fuck it is, pin that has the Super Bowl logo and has R2-D2 on it. Oh, that's cool. And it's the only sort of non-NFL licensed merchandise in it. Meaning there's not like, you know, also one with Spider-Man or also one with fucking, you know, Batman and shit, right? It's the only Batman. sort of licensed licensed merchandise that's available. Is Star Wars related? Which, I mean, <clears throat> if they're going to make a big deal about the newest Star Wars trailer being at the Super Bowl, you know, I guess I could see why they would have some sort of commemorative merchandise of some sort. But Right. Either way, if that's if that's the case, it looks like maybe a little over a week from when this uh, goes up, we'll finally get our first look at the movie, and then it's probably fucking all guns blazing, full speed ahead, solo promotion with a little break for the uh, Last Jedi home video release, at least. Um. I'm going to be excited for it. I can tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be quite excited. Um, Speaking of the Last Jedi home release, still no confirmed date for the Blu-ray. That'll probably be out pretty much any day now. They'll probably follow the same uh, timeline that they have before where it's available digitally like maybe a week or two before. And... um, the cool thing is they started talking a little bit about the deleted scenes and the novelization this week on really? the Star Wars show, their weekly YouTube show. They were yeah. talking to Jason Fry, um, who's the author of the book, and basically he and Ryan Johnson sat down. It was a very collaborative effort on this novelization where – Ryan Johnson filmed him in or filled him in on things that weren't in the movie anymore as far as deleted scenes. We got a cl- uh, a glimpse at a deleted scene in the Star Wars show that was lesson 3. Luke's less third lesson array is one of the deleted oh. scenes and it deals with uh, the caretakers and their village and stuff. You know that uh that it so far it's the only thing I can think of that was in any of the Last Jedi trailers that didn't make it to the final movie is that scene of Ray running with the lightsaber in her hand at night. Right. That's for, that's what it's from. It's from that scene. Um. Also, and apparent, the, the third lesson was about the caretakers. Has something? Um, to, I, no, it, it ha, it's not necessarily about them. As it like they are somewhat some they, them in their village are somehow involved in the third lesson. They're part of it. Like, I think if I understand correctly, it has to do with 
Luke telling Ray about these raiders that show up once a year and sort of fuck with the caretakers. And Ray um, wants to rush off and protect the caretakers and kill these raiders, right? And Luke's right. like, no, if you do that, then they're going to come back stronger and they'll completely wipe out the caretakers. Like, you know, th this is sort of a, it'll be like the response to you doing that will be worse than what's about to happen to them, right? And Ray's like, nah, fuck that, son. And she runs off. And it turns out that, like, the Raiders are there partying with the caretakers. And they're just, like, chilling and hanging out. And it was basically sort of a joke that Luke played on her. I'm not exactly sure what the context is of the lesson. Like, that's not been explained yet. This is all stuff that's been coming out from our articles and stuff. So it's not exactly clear. But there is one really badass... Uh, line in there that we saw in the Star Wars show, right? That right. is Ray talking to Luke. It's really, it seems like it's really well performed from the little clip I saw. And it would have been cool to see in the movie where Ray saying like, you know, the legend of Luke Skywalker, the one you hate so much. I, I believed that I grew up believing in that. And like, um, like Luke looks all upset and stuff. I don't know. Just a cool little moment that, you know, would have been cool to see that interaction between the two of them. Right. That seems crucial. Talk about trying to, you know, bring it home with nostalgia. It'll be interesting to see once we see this deleted scene, if it's the case of, because there's two, two, basically two reasons one of these scenes gets cut, cut out of one of these movies. It didn't work. It was kind of goofy and it just didn't work. Or... It was cut for time, you know? Right. Um, so it'll be interesting to see which one that this deleted scene falls into. Um, to be honest, the idea of Luke playing like a practical joke on Ray, kind of like that. Granted, that may not be how it, it plays out in the end, but just the description of it doesn't sit necessarily right with me and sound like it would be all that great. So I have, I, I kind of personally wonder if it's going to be one of the cases of like, oh, this just didn't work. This messed with like the flow and didn't really fit in. So that's why it was cut out. Right. <clears throat> why don't you tell everybody about this fucking, uh, um, oh, well, before we move on, another thing that's going to be in the book, Han Solo's funeral. Oh, that's sad. That's real sad. Han Solo's funeral. <clears throat> yeah, and, and to me, I haven't really um, heard anybody bring this up yet. It kind of poses a mystery for me. So, in, what was it? I want to say it's at, uh, it was at Star Wars Celebration Europe in 2016 during Carrie Fisher's panel. Someone asked them, <clears throat> asked her something about episode eight, and she said, Han's funeral. And like acted like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And they moved on, right? Right. <clears throat> so I wish I had actually gone and pulled the, the footage of that so we could play the sound clip, but that's my bad. That's so, all right. It's, I get the gist. So back then, you know, watching all the panels online and stuff, um, 
that was the first time I really heard sort of the mention of um, Han's funeral, right? So that right. makes me wonder, was it something... And I don't know the the sort of timeline of that, like whether they were still filming episode eight or not at that time. That was like June 2016. And I believe Carrie was flying back from London doing some work on Star Wars. I could be wrong about that part too when she passed away. I know she was flying back from Europe. Um, And that was December 2016 so i'm really interested to know whether like did they film that was that something they were going to film later but carrie passed away so they couldn't really film it without her or was that something that was part of maybe the initial script that got cut out even before filming came along um or was that something that like you know in their talks about the movie ryan johnson told carrie fisher Oh, well, in between, like in the small span of time, because it is a very small span of time since the last time you see Leia in The Force Awakens and when you see the beginning of The Last Jedi. Uh, right. Sometime in between that is when they have sort of a funeral service for Han. So, <clears throat> But yeah, uh, it sounds like the audiobook or um, audiobook. I say that because that's what I usually go with. It sounds like the novelization. Is going to be something worth checking out. There's also going to be uh, an added scene between Rose and Paige Tico. You know I'm down oh, with that. Yeah. Rose is a great character. I'm down for some more Rose. like to see her and Paige's relationship a little more. And uh, a little more info or background into Canto Bite. That's pretty much what they mentioned. I, you know, I'm sure there'll be other little tidbits, but that's the big ones that they brought up. All right, Will showed me. You know, you guys know me. I like to fancy myself as a amateur Star Wars collector. I'm nowhere up in the the big leagues of Star Wars collecting, right? But Will clued me in on a product today that I have never seen. And it's quite interesting. Why don't you clue our, our good listeners in about that, buddy? See, I was looking in some Star Wars products. And, uh, you know, some geeky stuff, some cool stuff. Geek chic, whatever. Uh, and I came across this baby pillow, right? It's a baby pillow that, you know, babies lay on the floor and they try to roll over or whatever. Um, it's circular. And printed on this baby pillow is a sarlacc mouth. Okay, there's this sphincter in the middle surrounded by the rows of teeth, you know, getting larger and larger towards the outside. And then it's pink and fleshy, you know, peach and fleshy looking color but it's all fabric um and at first i was like what the hell is that uh because it was mildly horrifying but also mildly familiar i was like that's the sarlacc pit and it was i looked at the description as a sarlacc pit baby pillow but it's horrifying because it it just it kind of looks like an anus with teeth you know or or some other anatomy with teeth but it it was it's horrifying to look at, really. I wouldn't want to set my baby on it, honestly. <clears throat> it does look like a butthole with teeth, y'all. Like, in in <laughs> the Sarlacc pit always look already looks sort of suspect. And doesn't that have regard, the beak in there, right? Well, that was a um, 
a special editions edition. Well, I mean, I know, but I'm saying like, but so like it's this just teeth and a this thing and like the color around doesn't look like sand. It looks more like a butthole. Like this thing looks like a butthole that you're uh, uh, a cavernous, a carnivorous butthole that you would lay a baby on. <laughs> with a sphincter in the middle. It. Uh, if I had a baby, I wouldn't put my baby on that. And I love Star Wars. And I love the like, Sarlacc pit. I would put this on Twitter for you guys, but I don't want my name associated with that, honestly. <laughs> That'll haunt the dreams of grown-ass men. I'm sure you can search Sarlacc baby pillow and see it. I'm sure you can. Um, it reminds me of this thing. Probably my goofiest um, purchase at Celebration last year is it's not a pillow. I don't know what you call it. It's like a plush diorama, right? right? So it's all soft and felty. And it's the Sarlacc pit with the tendrils coming out with Boba Fett wrapped in one. It's got the beak and stuff. It is probably my oddest purchase, but it was one of the few pieces of Boba Fett merchandise in the official celebration store. And it was so goofy that I had to get it. Um, so, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that, but this looks way more foul, this baby pillow. I mean, that's awful. It's awful looking. <laughs> I might put a sheet over it before I put a kid on it. <laughs> that's unsanitary. I can't have my kid that's laying on him. a butthole. That's off the teeth. No, thank you. Yep. So... You know what happens when we don't have uh, Star Wars, a lot of Star Wars news at least? We bring you the, the finest in collecting news. We bring you the Sarlacc butthole pit pillow news. Dang, dang, dang. All right. Uh, you want to do some voicemails and emails? We're a little backed up. Well, actually, no, I do. We, we cleared out a good bit last week, but then you guys, like the fucking champions you are, came in hard with some new ones, so... Um, you know how we do this, though. Let me get it set I up. Do. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Let's let's play this beautiful music. Cockhead, the only Jedi master who can crash box. Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cock hat. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kitty Cockhead. To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty Cockhead. What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge. But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead. And there we go. All right. See, let's see who we got up this week. We'll do some voicemails first. I know I saw a King Tom voicemail and a Josh, Josh, Josh voicemail. <clears throat> so yeah, let me um, let me pull up Josh and hear what he has to say. Uh, first off, 
he wants to add in. You two are the absolute bee's knees. Keep up the great work. Love the show as always. Thanks, oh, buddy. Thanks, man. What is up, Blue Harvest, Haas, and Will? I was thrilled this morning because I was listening to the show. And lo and behold, my man, Will plays PUBG. PUBG is my fucking life right now. <laughs> so, Will, I feel you. Solo chicken dinners are tough. I've gotten a couple of duo uh, dinners and a couple of squad dinners. but And I've only gotten one solo dinner in my entire... You get, it gets better. It get you, you get better. I'm, I'm, I'm now top 10 every time I play solo. It's, it's just, yeah, getting that, getting that sweet, delicious, scrumptious, (laughs) uh, chicken dinner is tough. Um, so I'm glad that, uh, that you're enjoying PUBG. And, uh, if you had PC, uh, I would love to play with, with you, but I'm sure you have Xbox, which is fine. Xbox, uh, is, is a blast as well. Um, I only have a PS4, so unfortunately, uh, but yeah, so real quickly, I wanted to ask you a quick question with solo trailer, um, fast approaching, and I don't really know when it's going to be, uh, dropped. I assume the Super Bowl, which seems a little silly to me, but I mean, I get it from the business standpoint, but I mean, personally, um, I just don't, I just don't care, uh, to watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, because the Broncos aren't in it. Let, let me preface this. I'm a huge football fan. I, I love the Super Bowl when my Broncos are playing in it, but when my Broncos are out of it because they're garbage juice this year, I don't want to watch it <laughs> besides the point. Um, with the juice. solo trailer uh, fast approaching, I wanted to get your opinions on what you would like uh, to see in this solo trailer. What sorts of things are you hoping to see? The bread and butter of a solo uh, Star Wars sor- story, Star Wars movie, and the bread and butter of what we think the movie, or, or the excuse me, the trailer is going to be. Um, personally, I want to see very little um, of all of them. I just want to see a little tidbit, and I want to hear Alden Ehrenreich's solo voice. That's all. I just want a little snippet. I want to see that it's in good hands. I want to hear the voice, and I want to go, okay, great. I'm excited about it. Maybe you know, a little bit of Chewbacca and a little bit of Lando at the end. No Falcon. I want them to hold off on the Falcon until, you know, the big trailer drops because I want people to be surprised. And, and, and I want to hear, I'm already starting to hear the backlash of the blue and white with the, with the augmented, um, front, front end. Um, but I love it personally. So anyway, just wanted to get your thoughts. We'll keep on keeping on Haas. Your week will get better, I promise. Everything is going to be great. You're the man. You both of the, are gentlemen uh, and scholars. And uh, take it easy. Right on. Yeah, Josh pretty much um, summed up my feelings about fucking Player Unknown Battlegrounds real well right there. That's sweet, right, he sure did. Sweet, elusive chicken dinner. Um, I don't know. <sighs> Honestly... I get a feeling that this is going to be more of a teaser trailer than a full trailer. Uh, I guess, you know, since um, the marketing on this is a little out of whack because of the timing of it all, that it could be more like a full trailer. But I kind of feel like the teaser will give us, honestly, I feel like we'll get a glimpse at the main characters. So Han, Lando, Chewie, um, 
Daenerys Targaryen, first of her name. Um, uh, Woody Harrelson, eat the booty like groceries. Maybe a, a look at whoever the big bad of the movie is. And much like the first teaser for The Force Awakens, I do think we'll see some sort of cool shot of the Falcon. Yeah. I don't imagine there'll be a lot of Falcon, but I imagine we see at least at least one cool shot. I would just I want it to feel like Han Solo. Yeah. And I know that I know that's awful to say, you know, and that's hard you know, I shouldn't say that, but I just want you know, the trailer, all I really want is for it to feel very Han Solo like. Yeah, and if I think, it does, I'll I think the the main thing this trailer can do for me is get rid of any underlying fear I may have about someone besides Harrison Ford playing Han Solo. It that's the best it could do at this point. You know what I mean? If it does that for me, then that's a huge accomplishment for them. If I come away seeing this trailer being like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that dude's to- I could totally see that dude being a younger Han Solo." Then it's done its job. They've already got my money multiple times. I'm going multiple times. So, uh, you know, long as they, uh, you know, show me what, what we have in store and it looks cool. That's all I can really ask for. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> all right. So next up, we got one more voicemail. Then it's Email City. Uh, this one is from our buddy, King Tom. First of his name, ruler of all Toms. Hi, Hawes and Will. It's King Tom. I've seen The Last Jedi a few more times, and I, I, I still love this movie. And every now and then I think back to what it was like before we had The Last Jedi in our lives. And all we had were promo pictures and the occasional spoiler and maybe some of the trailers. And I think about that, and I think about what I used to think would happen in the movie. You know, because we all develop and think focus on our headcanon when we don't have an official movie and in most in 99% of the cases of things that ended up happening in the movie versus my headcanon or what I thought would happen I was wrong and I'm very happy I was wrong because the movie was so much better than anything I could have come up with and I know you know even before the movie came out we talked about this a lot but I was wondering if there's anything that you thought uh, not that you th- that you thought it would be better than what we got or just something that that you were focused on or fixated on or even proud of to think that, oh, this could happen. Uh, I was wondering if you had any thoughts or ideas like that that didn't make it in the movie. And I'll, I'll give you two examples of mine because I've, I'm sure I've shared others. But first, I thought, based on the spoilers, yeah, we're going to get a showdown on Octo between uh, Kylo and the Knights of Ren and Luke and Rey. I thought that was going to happen. The other thing, and I, I may have mentioned this one before, we all, you know, okay, Battle of Crate's going to happen sometime in the movie. The Rebels are going to be holed up in this bunker, and the First Order is going to be on the planet trying to storm the bunker and take out all the Rebels. I think everyone thought that was going to happen. Well, what I thought was going to happen, when they showed the Millennium Falcon in the caves underneath Crate, I, I would have sworn that the one way they would have thought for the rebels to escape was to have the millennium falcon destabilize the ground shooting out all the pillars and columns and stalactites and stalagmites to shoot those out and basically collapse the ground underneath the first order walkers buying the rebels enough time to escape that's what i that's how i thought the battle of crate was going to go but you know what i love what we got a thousand times better 
I was wondering if you had anything that you you guys were thinking of was going to happen that you were not looking fo- not disappointed that it didn't happen, but how you were expecting it to go based on the spoilers and trailers. Anyway, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you guys later. <clears throat> okay, well, what do you think? Was there anything in, uh, you know, you heard King Tom's question. Royal, yeah. Royally asked, as it always is. No, you know, I didn't see the milk scene coming. You know, that <laughs> caught me off guard. Boy, do I love that scene. Man, the Admiral, that the... Scene. Admiral Holdo move that caught me off guard. I didn't see that coming. So misconceptions I had, and it wasn't even necessarily from a trailer. It was more the behind the scenes thing we got. I thought the scene in the behind the scenes feature where we saw Adam driver training against two dudes with some sort of melee weapons. Right. I was personally convinced that that was going to be like a training scene that it was going to be, Kylo training against maybe the Praetorian guards. I said it a ton of times. Boy, was I wrong. And yeah, I boy, can't. am I glad because it sure did turn around in a way that was badass. I, I guess I just didn't make that many assumptions or predictions as well. I don't know what what didn't happen from the trailer. Well, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, uh, it wasn't necessarily what didn't happen. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Um, right, right. How did you think it was going to go that it didn't go? Oh, I know one. I know one for sure. I thought Canto Bite didn't go anywhere where I thought it was going to go. Yeah, and we didn't really even get much of a look at that in the trailers. Um, yeah. So, in the very first teaser, the one that I was lucky enough to see with everybody at the Last Jedi panel. At celebration this year the scene of the falcon flying through the air fighting uh tie fighters i was convinced yeah. that was on octu not crate so there's I another see. little one uh that turned out to be quite different quite different indeed <clears throat> um yeah, I, 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 as far as I can remember, I think those are my two two of my more main ones. I'm sure there's a ton others, to be honest. Um, a ton. I definitely never thought that fucking rock was Yoda, like some people. There was this rock in one of the trailers that people were like, that rock is Yoda. Look, it's shaped like Yoda. That's a Yoda-shaped rock. Some people will say anything. You know. The mind can play tricks on you when you're paying s- such laser-focused, accurate attention to, you know, a minute of footage. Every every minute detail. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, let's go on. Our next one is from our buddy Kelso, the Huru Hero. Hello, Huru. <laughs> Hello, Halls and Will. Your Huru Hero Kelso here. Just listened to episode 157 of Steel Wars, and Colin Newman made a suggestion that stopped me in my tracks. Imagine Anakin in the Force Ghost role instead of Yoda. It was like a bolt of lightning, and I am far from being a prequelist. What do you think of this change-up? Your Huru hero, Kelso. P.S. How do I send in a voicemail? Just an MP3 file to this address? That's exactly how you do that, buddy. That's exactly how you do that. Um, speaking of Huru, I heard, um, I heard a new piece of Australian slang that, uh, I, I added a new one to the vocabulary today. Karn. 
Have you heard this? K. It's uh, C A R N. Karn. No, I haven't heard of it. So, um, uh, Steel and uh, I was uh, in a. I was messaging with Steel, and he said Karn to me, and I was like, "What the? Was that a typo?" And then I decided to go look it up, and right as I was looking it up, he explained it to me. It's like slang for basically "Come on, do it" or "Come on, let's go." And Urban Dictionary had it um, described as a term that originated from drunken Australian football fans. Oh. So, like, I guess they would yell that. I'm trying to pull it up. It's like, come on, let's go. But it's all the drunk guy could get out. (laughs) You know, just shorten it. When you're you, when you're wasted watching some Australian rules football, you gotta shorten so these basically, things. Basically, it's, it's basically come on. It's like the Australian version of the MS State uh, cowbell. We're so drunk that we can't scream anymore. So <laughs> ring a damn cowbell. No, it's cause no guys. It's cause the the stadium's so small. Okay, here I, I pulled it up. Carn, Carn means come on and comes from drunken crowds of Australian rules football. It can be extended past come on as it can be used like Carn the pies when you cannot say come on the pies. And this says like, you know, Urban Dictionary gives you examples. It says a Collingwood supporter. Fuck that, mate. Carn the pies. Australia's a magical fucking place. I don't know, man. I'll magical. stick to my sausage rolls. I like Huru. That's my jam. Um, I... I don't, don't necessarily think that I would have liked preferred for them to change uh change out yoda for anakin's ghost because it's so fucking cool seeing that puppet yoda I, was, again. I was about to say i'd rather have yoda just because that's how much i love yoda you know who else would be better but if it was anakin i mean i wouldn't be upset i'd be like oh that's cool Right. Well, that's the thing. What I would have liked is to see them both. Like, it would have been cool if there was a, a chance for Force Ghost Anakin to show up. I'm a big fan of them connecting the the continuity and all of the trilogies in any way they can, right? And it's already been established through Uncle George's changes to The Last Jedi that um, Force Ghost Anakin looks like Hayden Christensen. So the opportunity to have him show up and and just have a little Hayden Christian cameo, I think it's you know it was there and was positive and could have been cool. Could have been a really what, neat moment. Do you know what changes uh, uh, George Lucas made to the script to the Last Jedi? Yeah. Oh, well, I don't think George Lucas made any changes. George is not that. Well, what were you just talking about? He, how oh, he, Revenge of the Sith. Not Revenge of the Sith. Return of Return the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Right. Okay, okay, okay. I got you, I got you, I got you. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, damn, that threw me for a little bit of a loop. What was that? I'm thinking? sorry. I I'm thought sorry. I really fucked up and said the wrong shit. Yeah, um, I misunderstood the wrong. Maybe maybe I did say it wrong. I have to put, listen back. Uh, anyway, <laughs> and, it's, and, you know, I th- it would have been cool. To see young or to see Hayden Christensen show up for a cameo, have that father and son force ghost moment, um, and unfortunately, I don't really know. 
<coughs> Excuse me. I don't really know if the opportunity for it to happen in the future is as strong as it would have been in this one. With Luke being gone, like, and Ray sort of being on her own, to me, the only one the force ghost that makes sense to show up to Ray is Luke. Because she's really the only one she has any connection with. Like, she has no connection to Yoda. She has no connection to Obi-Wan. She has no connection to Anakin, right? But she has a connection to Ky- uh, Kylo. Mm-hmm. I'm saying Anakin, Anakin, you know, if any, if Anakin appears to anyone, it should be Kylo. I kind of agree with that, too. I think that would... In order to tell would, him to get his shit together. I think that would be pretty powerful <laughs> to, to see him come out and scold his grandson for being a dick. Being like, dude... You're supposed to be better than this. You're you're idolizing the wrong version of me, son. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't. I definitely don't. Wouldn't have preferred they switch out Anakin for or Yoda for Anakin. No, uh, that you know. Not that we necessarily would have known, but. If they were like, well, you know, at one point we were considering having Yoda be the Force Ghost, I'd have been like, oh, damn, that would have been cool. Oh, they were going to do him as a puppet? Fuck, that would have been neat. <clears throat> All right. Next up, we got our buddy Peter. What's up, gentlemen? From time to time, I write this to the time it hits the Blue Harvest listeners' earballs. We may have already seen the solo trailer, but I have a few thoughts about this. Do you think this movie will still be a hit slash successful if they don't even release a trailer? I mean, we've practically three and a half months away from the release of the movie and still nothing but pictures and Lego leaks. Do you think they could get the public excited about this movie with posters and cryptic news articles about the movie? I feel like doing that with all social media hype machines we have today may be a little risky to say the least. Is Ron Howard a genius for continually saying that the trailer is coming in his tweets than just sitting back and laughing maniacally like Nero playing his fiddle while Rome burned? Okay, so that may not be historically accurate, but it seems like a fair comparison. Either way, I'm definitely going to see this movie, but I just wanted to hear your thoughts. Now, if we get a trailer between now and the time you read this, then I'm just a big dumb idiot. Great work and love the podcast, fellas. Well, we definitely didn't, didn't get a trailer yet. Uh, I think it's pretty highly unlikely um, that they would just do some kind of weird, guerrilla, secretive marketing campaign. I feel like, <clears throat> honestly, this one is one they need to do a little more marketing on to get people on board with. That's so Adult Swim. Do you remember when they put the Enigma and Earth things on the bridge and somebody thought they were bombs? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. The light bright thing. The gorilla marketing. Yeah, the uh, Moon and Night uh, yeah. light things. Um, well, for Solo, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I'm going to say this, but I'm, you know, I'm not sure it's that way. I think most of the people that are going to see Solo already know it's coming out. Okay, like, so your marketing strategy should best be aimed at people that wouldn't normally come out and see it. Well... The mainstream. I would say there's definitely an element of that. There's also, you know, <clears throat> all the Star Wars fans are going to go see it, you know? Right, and they know it's coming. Like, and Yeah, and we know it's coming. The hardcore of the hardcore that listen to podcasts, that read Star Wars news every day, 
that uh, you know are up on all the release dates of everything. They know it's coming. They're already planning to go see it. <clears throat> so the marketing really, as much as we want it to be, isn't necessarily even for us. It's to get like my parents to the movie to see it. Right. You know, it's to get. It's for. It's not for someone that's like, oh, I can't wait for the Han Solo movie and watching the trailer. It's for someone that's like, oh. They made a Han Solo movie? Hmm, well, I think I'd like to check that out. Yeah, it looks halfway decent. I'm going to go see that. Um, and the thing is, is like that alone is why I don't think they would ever take some let's not release a poster or a trailer marketing campaign with it. Um, the other thing is, is like there's there's also, you know, there's not... Uh, not everybody is sold, even hardcore Star Wars fans. Not everybody's sold on this movie or this idea. And if you could put out a teaser trailer or a full trailer or whatever that convinces them, like, oh, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Oh, someone else. There's a lot of people stuck on the fact that it's not Harrison Ford playing Han Solo. And, you know, this is your chance to win them over and get them excited for that opening weekend, you know? Get them excited yeah. for seeing it more than once. And,. All that crazy stuff. So, yeah, I think it's a pretty important marketing campaign this time around. And I'm just uh, sort of excited. Everybody's like, oh, it's a bad sign. Oh, no, it's a bad sign. We ain't got that trailer yet. Guys, it's a it's it's a weird period for Star Wars marketing. We They just released a huge piece of content in December. And five months later, they have it. So it's going to be a little you know what I this think time. The- you know, I think it'd be kind of funny if they brought Lord and Miller back just to do the trailer. Like, if it's cut to look like a Bill and Ted movie or something, and it's completely, you know, it's the actual Ron Howard solo. Oh, I think Lord. it would be funny to see the trailer, like, I don't know, the Lord and Miller trailer. And that, that won't happen, but what I tell you will happen is somebody will take the first teaser or trailer and cut it to be like 21 Jump Street or you know, <laughs> something like that. One of the Lord and R- Miller movies. <clears throat> that will for sure happen. All right, next up we got our buddy Nathaniel. Uh, first-time writer. Hey, guys, love the podcast. I'm a new listener and first-time writer. My brother from another mother, Fernando, turned me on to you guys. Oh, that's, that's cool. Thanks, Fernando. I have a Snoke comment. I've heard many folks compare Snoke to the Emperor in saying that in the original trilogy, we did not know anything about the Emperor except that he was the head of the Empire. So it's okay that we don't know that mu- know anything about Snoke. I completely disagree with that statement because in Empire and Jedi, Star Wars was still new and all we needed to know that he was Vader's master. But now we have two trilogies and 30 years after Endor with a much larger understanding of the Sith, the Jedi, all of it. So now people are going to tell me that the person or thing that, one, is the head of the First Order, which started as a remnant from the Empire, two, corrupted Ben Solo, three, has incredible force powers, four, confirmed to see the Empire rise and fall, five, was training Kylo, is not important and we don't need to know his background. This trilogy is not the beginning of the story, it's the end. We need more context. Would have, we need more context. Would love to hear your thoughts, Nathaniel. Okay, Nathaniel, I appreciate your letter, uh, and I see I see where you're coming from. Um, what I'll say is that I feel like Snoke's story isn't done. 
Okay, and I feel like that context that you want, that you need, I feel like it's coming. Uh, I feel like that's kind of what you want when you have a you know a new direction for something to go. I don't think you want a character you know whose backstory has come out in a book already you know before the movie came out or as the movie comes out you want you want a little mystery you know you want a little mystery around your villains you know you want to you want to guess what's going on with them i think the fact that this last star wars experience in the force awakens prompted so much theorizing may have been what led to some of the backlash in the last jedi I mean, the fact that everybody had their theory and all this and wanted to see, you know, all this happen may have set it up for a little bit of a fall when it didn't achieve some people's theories. They got really upset. Um, but I, I think more of the context on Snow, and I, I totally agree, majorly important, you know, the fall of Ben Solo, the corruption, you know, the rise of the First Order, all of that, very important. And uh, I believe that context is coming. You know, and and I know you want it, but I, I feel like it's good that it hasn't hit yet. It still leaves an air of mystery. You know, it's still it, it still smacks of questions and uh, a conversation. You know, what's going on? It, if if it was just published in a book and it was over and done with, you know, you'd have one guy that read the book and no, you know, then there wouldn't be any conversation or discussion or wonder or mystery in it. Yeah, I totally agree. And see, the thing is, the five things he listed about Snoke. That's way more than we knew back about the Empire Emperor after Return of the Jedi. Way more than we knew about the Emperor, you know? Um, right. And something that you got to keep in, in mind, Nathaniel, I would say is, yes, this story is a continuation of the previous six Star Wars episodes, but it's also the beginning of a new era in Star Wars. So, like, if you look at it that way, then there will Snoke's always be time for us to find more out about Snoke, much like we found out much more about the Emperor, about Palpatine, about old you know, Palpatine. Snoke's whole existence and demise may be a metaphor for, you know, Star Wars going forward, shedding the old to embrace something new. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, we've talked about it a couple of times. I think that's a lot of what The Last Jedi was, The you know? <clears throat> for a lot of parts. I don't know if that was intentional or just a wonderful little side effect. It was like, it's time to start bringing in some new, start freshening it up. It's not going to be the same all. We're not going to do what everybody thinks. So, um, <clears throat> But yeah, you know, uh, we've got episode nine left in this trilogy. That I, I still think there's the opportunity that even without Snoke being present, there's ways you can fill in a little more information about Snoke in Episode Nine. Then we have decades to come where, who knows, maybe there's movies in between Seven and, uh, or Return of the Jedi and Seven where we get some information on Snoke. At the very least, there will be books at, or comics or something that gives you know, us it, more. And that's kind can, of... Go ahead, buddy. Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. It's kind of what? Oh, I was just going to say, that's kind of the awesome thing about Star Wars is like, if you're interested in one nugget or piece of Star Wars, if you're patient enough, you will know everything you want to know and probably too much about that section of Star Wars, be it a character or a ship or something, you know? Um, and 
you know, and it, sometimes it turns out really good. Sometimes it doesn't. You just got to wait and see. Um, the Last Jedi. In The Last Jedi, we get buckets of Kylo Ren information, backstory. He had none of that. None of that in The Force Awakens. You know, very little Kylo insight. I thought you got nothing but Kylo insight in The Last Jedi. You know, it's Kylo insight and understanding the new Luke Skywalker. Rey discovering herself. You know, that's those are the themes. And who says, you know, in episode um, in episode nine, you may get some exposition and explanation of Snoke through Kylo Ren again. Right. That's what I mean by, you know, I, I still think the door is open for some more information on Snoke. I'm not saying there's going to be like a 15-minute info dump where Kylo, you know, details his entire history and everything that happened with Snoke and stuff like that. But <laughs> there's Mo- the opportunity. Monologue one. Yeah. There's opportunity to learn more, without a doubt. Um, you know, you just got to be patient, man. It comes when it comes. I feel like at this point we know more about Snoke than people knew after about the Emperor after Return of the Jedi. And if you look at this as being sort of the beginning of a new saga, then there's plenty of holes to fill and information to fill in, and it'll happen. Um, you know, when they think the time is right. Uh, after Episode Nine, after the wrap up of this trilogy when they don't have to worry about stepping on the toes of this trilogy, you'll start getting more stories about what Luke was up to in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, what Snoke was all about, what Ben Solo was like before he turned to Kylo Ren, all that kind of stuff. You'll get all that. It's just, you know, as much as we can enjoy sort of the publishing and animation and everything that's not the movies those sides of Star Wars, uh, as much as we can end up enjoying those, those were never going to take precedent or step on the toes of the movies. The movies are the the number one important thing to people at Lucasfilm. Everything else is just there to support the fandom and the movies, right? Not that that's a bad thing or those things are bad. I'm just saying, like, you know, they're not going to come out with a book about Snoke before Snoke dies in The Last Jedi and before, um, you know, they have time to wrap all the other story threads up in Episode Nine because they don't want to get in in the, in the way of anything that J.J. wants to do with Episode right. Nine. Right. All right. Next up, we got our buddy Jake. Hey, guys. Love the podcast. I'm a few episodes behind, so sorry if you've already covered this in a similar fashion, but I have been thinking about this whole Force Ghost thing lately. I don't think we'll ever see Yoda, Obi-Wan, or Anakin's ghost again, because I would think, and maybe I'm wrong, that after you become one with the Force, you become 10,000 times more enlightened than you were during life, which means you would interfere with the, wouldn't want to interfere with the will of the Force, I think the Jedi would only come back physically to finish a mission they started during the started during life, then let the Force take its natural course with no interference by them. Yoda, last mission was to train Luke to bring back the Jedi. Came back in The Last Jedi for Luke's final failure lesson. Won't come back again because his mission is complete. Obi-Wan came back to help Luke correct his mistakes with Anakin and take down Vader. Anakin, I believe he... I believe accomplished his during life, and that was to bring balance to the Force and destroy the Sith. 
I'm guessing he just showed up so Luke remembered him as Anakin Skywalker, his father, and not the helmeted dickhead Vader. And Luke will probably show up for Rey and Nine, but probably not after that. Sorry for the long email, but this has been itching at me for a while. I just don't believe the Force Ghost can or would show up whenever, because then what's the point of even killing off characters if you can just stay bringing them back? I'd like to hear your thoughts. Um, that's an inter- interesting take, and it makes a lot of sense, what he says. Uh, it reminds me of uh, back in the day when Timothy Zahn was doing the original Thrawn trilogy, specifically Heir to the Empire. That book kind of opens with Obi-Wan's Force Ghost appearing to Luke one last time and being like, yo, by the way, I'm not going to be able to do this anymore. So he took basically the Force Ghost thing off the table immediately. And his explanation for that was like, basically, he did that because Luke has to become his own person. He can't just constantly have his old teacher showing up to keep him on the right path. He has to have his opportunities to grow in himself, become his own man, become his own Jedi, and things like that. And if you just keep having the Force Ghost show up and be like, nah, don't do that, do this, then that sort of takes away from Luke's growth. That was Timothy Zahn's explanation right which i think is a solid one and i think that can apply a lot of times to to the star wars movies too that thinking like do you think that yoda and luke had interactions any interactions between uh um the last jedi and return of the jedi or do you think that was the first time Luke saw Force Ghost Yoda since the end of Jedi? Uh, I would imagine that's the first time he's seen him since the end of Jedi. I've kind of thought that too. I've seen, and actually, I kind of go back and forth on it, um, where, like, maybe he has. Like, I've seen some people be like, "No, I think, I think," because when Yoda appears to Luke, he's like, "Ah, oh, young Skywalker, it's been a." been a long time since i've seen you or whatever the fuck he says right i think yeah and to me i've always i always thought like oh so he probably hasn't seen him since jedi because luke has been on. well he hasn't had to you know he and luke was doing what he was supposed to everything was fine things hadn't gotten that dire plus luke had shut himself off to the force right now luke hasn't necessarily been shut off from the force all that long maybe at most like five years or something is how it plays out because bloodline <clears throat> the claudia gray book takes place six years before the force awakens and luke and ben are still together out doing their thing right right so that means you know at most it's six years at the most that like if the day after bloodline ben did his thing destroyed the temple and all that, then it's only been six years since Luke has cut himself off from the Force, which, you know, if he hasn't seen Yoda in six years, I would imagine that's a pretty long time. But kind of because of how that whole Zahn thing, I kind of feel like, you know, when we start getting stories filled in between Jedi and uh, The Force Awakens, we're not going to see the Force ghosts hanging out with Luke a ton. You know, it's not like they're, they're stopping by every day. Seeing what he's up to and stuff. Their weekly check-in. I will say this. I'm about 100%. I, I, 
the last Jedi shook me a little bit where I don't want to be like, no, I'm 100% about this. But I'm pretty much 100% sure we're going to see Force Ghost Luke in Episode Nine, right? Oh, man, so am I. The thing is, is I want more Force Ghost Luke in Episode Nine than comparably we got with Force Ghost Obi-Wan in Return of the Jedi. No, that's how much you're going to get. You think so? You think it's very little? Very little. One scene. Yeah, you're. I mean, that's. Yeah, you're probably right. It's just, damn. I wish he was gonna be in it a, a little bit more. I'm not looking for a whole, fucking movie of blue glowy Luke, but I'm gonna miss that dude. I'm gonna miss that dude. All right. Next up, we got our buddy Xerxes, aka Robo. Our buddy Rob. Robbo Rob Xerxes. Hey there, Halls and Wells. It's your boy Robbo. His Majesty's voicemail last week about Chewie possibly leading the resistance got me thinking. What if Wookiees have some cultural aversion to ranks, titles, rewards, and stuff? I know Uncle George said something like, Wookiees don't care for medals at some point. Plus, it's actually not that unusual for people to politely decline official awards from other countries. For instance, I believe American soldiers have to ask permission before accepting any medals bestowed by any other nations. Even ordinary U.S. citizens like you and me are not supposed to accept knighthood because, by doing so, we would be swearing an oath to serve a foreign monarch. We also know that Wookiees take the life debt thing seriously. If Chewie is an example, the life debt obligation is more important than the law itself since Chewie had to become a criminal to remain with Han. Perhaps Wookiees recognize no authority behind beyond their own code of honor. If so, Chewie wouldn't assume command of the Resistance under any circumstances, because as he sees it, nobody is obligated to follow his orders. What are your ideas as to why Chewie does what he does now that Han's dead? Much about, how much about the Wookiees do you want to learn in Solo? Ooh. <clears throat> That's interesting. Honestly, I think he he pegged the way I I look at it. You know, I look at it as he's a Wookiee and he doesn't really recognize any authority other than Wookiee authority. He has no need for that recognition or, you know, confirmation. Yeah, I think his... um, He's a badass Wookiee warrior and he doesn't need your validation. Right, right. Uh, I think... uh, like that sounds pretty right on to me. His explanation of why Chewie doesn't necessarily have a rank or anything, um, and that it's more like he's there. Not that Chewie likes the Empire or isn't glad to be part of the rebellion, but like you know, when Han is leaving Hoth, or when Han is uh, saying he's going to leave without helping them with the Death Star, Chewie's going along because that's his life debt. Man, he takes that shit seriously, right? Yeah. So, what do I want to learn? Well, so what are your ideas as to why Chewie does what he does now that Han's dead? Um, you know, that's a good question. It's possible that it has something to do with maybe some sort of sense of revenge against Kylo. Like that like, or, um, or the, he's the moral compass. Sometimes it seems like Chewie persuaded Han to do the right thing. Oh, absolutely. You know, in certain situations. And so he may he may just be the moral compass. You know, he may choose to do the loyal and just and good thing. Yeah, yeah, and it could just be like 
like I was saying, it could also be the, like he wants to see the First Order defeated. It all, you know, just because he doesn't have a, a life debt to Leia doesn't necessarily mean that Chewie isn't interested in what happens to Leia either, though. You know? Look, Chewie been fighting for freedom in the galaxy for a long time. Yeah. And he took a break from that in his golden years, of, you know, with Han Solo to haul Rathars. And then he went back to fighting for freedom in the galaxy. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I think that's probably the most likely thing. He's like, well, the life debt's over. I can do what I want. I want to keep fighting with the Resistance. I want to I want to help try to bring Luke back to help the Resistance. Uh, I'm be interested to see what old Chewbacca is up to in. Uh, I, I guarantee nine. he feels ownership of the Millennium Falcon. You know, it, I, now it's like him and Ray are the pilots of the Millennium Falcon. It's theirs now. Right, right. All right. Um, how much about Wookiees do you want to learn in Solo? Uh, I would like to learn a little bit more about Wookiees. Um, none. I want to. I want to learn none about Wookiees in Solo. Uh, I think you'll learn something, especially if he. It has something to do with. So if he meets Chewbacca and gets the life debt from Chewbacca, then at the very least we'll learn a little bit more about how that whole thing works. You know. The whole Wookiee life debt thing. Um, and it's looking, I mean, from that synopsis, it sounds like it's going to show how he meets Chewbacca. So, uh, And there there was also that behind-the-scenes photo that Ron Howard took of a monitor that looked like there was maybe more than one Wookiee in the scene. Yeah. So, And we, we're getting kind of feeling pretty of solid that the... Uh, that Kessel is in this movie. So it makes me kind of... And, fuck, in Rebels, they establish that the Empire takes Wookiee slaves to Kessel. So maybe that's where Han runs into Chewie, is on Kessel. And maybe he helps free Chewie from being a slave on Kessel, and that's where he gets the life debt. And that's where he makes the Kessel run all at once. Oh, maybe so. Maybe in the escaping... Um, but yeah, it's, um, I, I'm not saying we're going to get a history of Wookiee culture, but I think we'll get a little more insight, especially if we end up seeing some more of those jokers in, um, in Han Solo. All right. I think, uh, I think we got one more from our buddy James and I think that'll do it for us tonight. I'll double check after we read his. Hayes Hall, Hay Halls and Will. By the time I'm hearing this, I will be well into my much-dreaded all-nighter for work. So first and foremost, thank you for making part of it enjoyable with your always entertaining show. Well, I'm glad we could help, buddy. I know... I know um, podcasts save me from boring work days a lot. Uh, so not one for being much of a reader due to the lack of time more than anything, I haven't gotten into the new canon novels. That is, until the Christmas angel smiled upon me and ensured that Thrawn was under the tree. I plowed through that book in three days and am now reading it a second time. It's safe to say that Thrawn is officially my new favorite character as I find him unbelievably interesting, cunning, and brilliant. Having said that, I'm <clears throat> now all in on the idea of a Thrawn standalone film. I don't know if we'll ever get one, but his, given his popularity, I think the powers that be at M- Lucasfilm may look at it as a strong possibility. Should the Star Wars god give my dreams 
of a standalone Thrawn film. Would you guys like? Who would you guys like to see cast in the lead role? I've been racking my brain, and I think I've come up with a guy who would crush it. Daniel Day-Lewis. Yes, he's a bit older, but that guy is a goddamn chameleon when it comes to the roles he takes on. I think he has the look already. Slender, narrow face, and has the talent to pull off the tactical genius that is Thrawn. Thanks for sticking through me through the long email and your thoughts on this. You guys are the best damn-ass part of my Saturday. Keep doing what you do. Well, thanks, buddy. Um, I don't know... Well, first off, I'm glad you're enjoying that Thrawn book. I thought it was a pretty good read myself. Um, I don't know if you know this, but you might be excited to hear... A, there's a comic book adaption of that novel coming out, which is pretty cool. Um... Back in the day, Dark Horse did like um, comic adaptions of the the Zon trilogy, and I always liked those as a kid. So it's neat to see them doing sort of the same thing with the new Timothy Zahn Thrawn novel. Uh, secondly, there's a sequel to that book coming out uh, with Thrawn and Vader sort of teamed up together. And that comes out, I want to say June. I think it was supposed to come out maybe before then, but it got pushed back a little bit. So there's more Thrawn on the horizon for you, buddy. Um, Thrawn's one of those interesting cases where he was such a popular character in the Legends books that they were like they made him canon again. That hasn't happened a ton, but you know it's cool that they they went all in on bringing him into Rebels and making him canon and stuff, right? Right. Um, I personally don't think he'll get killed off in Rebels. I think they'll leave Thrawn alive. I honestly, like, an almost dream scenario for me would be they leave him alive at the end of Rebels. He gets in trouble for whatever happens at the end of Rebels, and the Emperor sends him off into the unknown regions, much like happened in... uh, the old Thrawn trilogy, you know, the reason Thrawn wasn't around during the rebellion is because he was off searching for the outbound flight project or some shit like that, right? Um, I think I have that right. <clears throat> so, if they sort of mimicked that a little bit and had him took him off the table for the original trilogy, then it would be kind of neat if say in the live action show if that's set in between Jedi and the Force Awakens or the next animated series if that's set in between Jedi and the Force Awakens if Thrawn came back after the defeat of the Empire much like he did back in the old legends and that would allow you to sort of pay homage to those stories but not totally redo them because or totally just adapt them because they wouldn't fit into the new canon right Uh, right and the one thing I would say about a live-action Thrawn is he might look... It, it, they would have to get it just right for him not to look kind of goofy. You know, because really Thrawn is just a blue guy with red eyes. And... Yeah. I mean, not that they couldn't, but I, I feel like if done wrong, a live-action version of that could look kind of goofy. Um, oh, yeah. What do you think, Will? What do you think about the future of Thrawn? I think he's a great character. I don't know how much we'll see him in the future. I mean, he'll probably make another comeback after Rebels, but I'm not sure where. Yeah. yeah. Maybe in the TV show? Yeah. I, Maybe in the next animated series? Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm thinking. 
Um, I, I know the internet would fucking flip out if they were like, yep, yeah, live action Thrawn. I just don't see... He is very popular, but I don't know that he's popular enough for... He's popular like Darth Revan is popular. You know, like... Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's like a, not like I have statistics here in front of me or anything um, about that, but I would say Thrawn might be a little more popular just because of how much longer he's been around, right? And those Zahn books were so well-received and still held in such high regard. Um, That'll be our next election, Th- Thrawn versus... Um, Darth Revan. Darth Revan. <laughs> Kia D. Kia D wins on a right in landslide. <laughs> Kia D uh, runs independently. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't really. I I have a feeling that at the very least, there's, this is probably going to be a Thrawn trilogy of books. It would kind of not make sense if they were just like, okay, we'll get Timothy Zahn back to do two Thrawn books. I'm pretty sure they'll right. at least get him to do a trilogy, you know, to sort of stick to that format and everything. Um, and Timothy Zahn did so much for Star Wars fandom and sort of reigniting it and keeping it going when there wasn't anything going that, like, I like that they, you know, sort of brought his character into canon and let him write, um, you know, these Thrawn books and also... Uh, consulted with him on Thrawn's inclusion in Rebels. I like that. I briefly met Timothy Zahn at Pensacon one year, and he was a delightful dude. So Was he really? Yeah, couldn't be nicer. Really nice dude. That's cool. But yeah, um, I think you will get more Thrawn. I just, the standalone movie, I just don't see being... He is a popular character among Star Wars fans, but is he popular enough? And I don't think he's well-known well enough to the mainstream to give him his own standalone, like a Thrawn movie. Could he be a character in another um, um, sort of spinoff movie? Could he be the villain and say like a, you know, I don't know, a, uh, a Rogue Squadron movie about fucking TIE fi- or X-Wing pilots? I could see that. Fucking it. You know, I could see that. The next, the next standalone movie is X-Wing or like Rogue Squadron. Oh, man. X-Wing, a Rogue Squadron story. <laughs> I'd be stoked on that. I'd be real stoked on that. I, I enjoyed those books back in the day, too. It's been a while since I've read them. Maybe they don't hold up as well, but I really dug the X-Wing books back in the day. Well, guys, that's going to do it for us this week. I think we're all caught up on uh, emails and voice Do-it. messages. I can't thank you guys enough for uh, listening, and uh, can't thanks for wait. having me on, buddy. Oh yeah, thanks you. Thank you for uh, making the time to record, taking away precious PUBG time to record with your boy. Hey man, any time with you is better than a chicken dinner. Oh, whew, that's some that's some dank ass compliments, my dude. Wow, that's how much I love you. Woo, thanks, buddy. Anyways, guys, if you like our theme song, check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra, and you can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Check out our Public store. Uh, Leave us uh, a review on iTunes. That helps us a lot. We've gotten a couple of new ones, and damn, you guys are too kind. We really appreciate it. 
Well, anyways, guys, until next week, I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope uh, by the next time we talk to you, at least we have some sort of announcement on the solo trailer. I doubt we'll have seen it by then, but who knows? Crazier things have happened. Anyways, for Blue Harvest, I'm Hans Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. <laughs>